Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. This episode is going to be the very first in a series called Where Are They Now? So at the end of most of the episodes, I suggest following up with the people who I just interviewed to see where they are in six months or a year or something like that. Well, after I interviewed Ebony Green and her episode was set to air, she emailed me and said, is there any way we can hold off promoting the episode because so much has happened in my business and my life in the last two months that I just feel so much different than that person who was on the interview. And I've heard that from several people, but what we agreed to do was to air the interview anyway, but to do a follow-up episode where she could share all of the things that have happened. And let me tell you, they are massive. So if you're the kind of person who is inspired by people who are big action takers then you are going to love this follow-up episode with Ebony Green. Enjoy! My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high-quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners And these are our stories. All right. So listeners, we have a very special edition of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. We have Ebony Green, who's coming back for a second interview because so much happened in between when I first interviewed her to then when the episode aired and then to now that she has so many things that she wants to share with you in terms of where her practice has gone, some different directions and some really exciting developments. So Ebony, can you tell us like, what do you remember about where you were at the time that I first interviewed you? Sure, it was actually just two months ago, which seems like such a short amount of time. But honestly, at that time, I was about to rent a space. I was looking at renting a single office, and that was kind of the biggest new development in my business at that point. I was really on the fence about it. I wasn't sure if I was making the right decision on that and getting a little ahead of myself, but I knew that my business was about to grow and expand and I needed that space. So I actually ended up signing a lease, I think like a day or two after I spoke with you 
I'm currently in that space. I have a single office in a co-working space. It's really nice to just have somewhere to be outside of my home where I can do work. And having that has actually helped my business grow because I've actually had to hire more people. And, you know, previously I was going to meet people at different places because I didn't have a dedicated office, but having a dedicated office now allows me to interview without having to interrupt my day as much. Also just being able to actually have an administrative assistant now. So she's able to come in and we're able to work together. And so looking back, you know, two months ago, it was a time of transition. It was a time of change. Also, it was right around the time that school had just started. And I mentioned just casually in a group, um, if anyone had done teletherapy in a school setting before, because I felt like I wanted to get my foot in the door in the schools, but I wasn't sure how, and I thought teletherapy would be a good option. So um, I just kind of posted a question in a Facebook group and some people responded and I didn't think much of it. And then literally a couple weeks later, an opportunity fell in my lap to do teletherapy a rural school, school district um, outside of where I live. So that was really exciting and definitely like <laughs> a new adventure to take on. There's a 75 student caseload at that school. So we kind of exploded after I spoke with you. So I really wanted to come back on and just talk about some of the changes and the new things that happened and different ways in which my business has grown that I didn't even foresee when I spoke to you last time. Well, I think that's one of the things that I remember talking to you about was just that opportunities come along when you sometimes least expect them, but really when you're open to them, right? Yes. So finding that office space then allowed you to like feel, have more space for yourself and for your clients and time to spend with them and an administrative assistant to help you get a lot more things done that maybe like you shouldn't have been doing any longer. Tell people more about that part. I truly believe that, you know, you have to be open to change in your business. And I, I learned that over the past few months, you know, as my business started to expand, because I was comfortable where I was at, you know, I didn't have an office space, but I was working from home and I didn't really have an issue working from home, but I really just wanted to look at the possibilities of, okay, if I don't work from home, what are some of the benefits? And the benefit was just being able to collaborate with my staff. We meet once a month and, you know, I don't have to worry about where are we going to meet. Like I said, I, I hired an administrative assistant and she and I work together at least a couple times a week and she's able to take so much off of my plate. I feel like me taking that step prepared me for the school opportunity to do teletherapy because if I was working from home and if I did not have an administrative assistant, there was no way I was going to have the time to manage the caseload at the school doing teletherapy you know, you have to kind of take action when opportunities present themselves. There's never going to be like a time where you plan for something and it happens at that specific time. At least that's not what I've experienced. I've experienced, you know, here's an opportunity, take action, or the opportunity might not be there. So that's kind of what I've learned basically over the past few months. And since I've talked to you, like I said, all of these opportunities just started coming out of nowhere. So you really have to think about, is something going to make your business successful? And if so, then, you know, why not take that opportunity and see what comes of it? Yeah, because there was a quote that I heard a while ago, which is opportunities don't disappear. They go to someone else. So someone else is going to get the opportunity. That school needed somebody to do it. So why not you? That's true. And I was, you know, a little 
hesitant at first because to be honest, I didn't learn a lot about teletherapy in graduate school. I've heard of it. I've read about it. I know that it's something that is growing in popularity in our field, but I basically reached out to my friends on Facebook who are in different speech pathology groups and they were able to give me some resources and I was able to learn more about some of the legalities and some of the different regulations surrounding it. And once I was able to read that and figure out if it was going to work for me, I felt like, okay, I can do this. I have the technology. I know about HIPAA and the therapy. We know how to do that. So I decided to take that opportunity because I knew that they would eventually um, find someone else if I didn't take the opportunity that was given to me. So thankfully it worked out that, again, going back to taking that step of getting an office space when I knew that I needed one is I was able to hire three SLPAs kind of around that time that this opportunity came up. So if I didn't have those SLPAs, I wasn't going to be able to, again, take the opportunity that was given to me because even though there are, I do a lot, you know, and I am managing the caseload, I don't do all of the therapy because I have other things that I have to do for my business. We still have all of our home health clients and then we have some other projects that we do. So the SLPAs and another SLP actually is helping with just overseeing and making sure that the therapy minutes are all met for the students. And then I kind of oversee everything in terms of communication with the school and making sure that all the IEP work is done and things like that. So everything kind of fell into place once I decided, okay, I'm going to take the step necessary for my business to grow. Well, and it sounds like you really, like in not a lot of time, fully stepped into a CEO role of your private practice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) I can agree with that for sure. I think before I was the CEO, but I was also doing a lot of the therapy and a lot of the admin work that my administrative assistant is now doing. While I was the CEO and the owner of the company, I was getting phone calls from therapists on Saturdays about soap notes or getting phone calls from families that they need to reschedule their appointment. And so it was a lot to handle all of that and then to also take care of making sure that the business is making money and making sure that we are still meeting all of our requirements with our contract with the state. So now that I, I have help and I have someone to delegate some of the admin tasks to, yes, I do. I think I have stepped into a different role and it's more of just the executive director of everything. So not just therapist slash assistant slash everything else. I feel like I kind of can decide what task I'm going to take on and then I can delegate the rest, which is nice because ultimately you want to think about, and I've heard you mention this before in another um, one of your podcast interviews, Jenna, is you really want to think about is the amount of time that you're spending doing something making you more money or not? And in my case, answering parent phone calls about scheduling and responding to therapists' questions about soap notes and things like that. I mean, it's still helping my business grow because those things need to get done, but I could be making more money sitting in a teletherapy session with students that need these services and need my expertise as a speech pathologist. Or negotiating contracts. 
negotiating contracts, exactly. Another opportunity that kind of fell into my lap after I spoke with you was the opportunity to do evaluations in an area with a large ELL population. Mm -hmm. So I am a bilingual speech therapist. I actually have a background in bilingual education. A colleague of mine that I worked with several years ago reached out to me and said that there was a, a need for someone to do evals in this school district. And although I had several things on my plate, again, I knew that it was an opportunity that was going to help my business grow. So when I started my business, Casa Speech Therapy, the reason that I chose the name Casa was because we are a home health agency, but also Casa is home in Spanish. And I wanted to be able to market myself to the Spanish-speaking population because of my skills as bilingual therapist. So I felt like, okay, this is definitely an opportunity for me. Sometimes we get opportunities that can also be distractions and they aren't necessarily the right moves for us. But I felt like this was definitely something for me to do because I am a bilingual speech therapist. This is a skill set that I have and not that many people have. So I decided to take that opportunity. But again, having the help allowed me to do that. Well, right. Because so a couple of things, we know people talk about like wearing all the hats, right? I wear all the hats, right? Well, you get to a point where you shouldn't wear all the hats. I think wearing all the hats is fine when you're just getting started. But at some point you have to decide, are you going to continue to do that, to wear all the hats, to do all of the work, to be the therapist and return the phone calls and do the scheduling and do insurance and whatever else? Or are you going to give some of those hats away so that you can, to go with my analogy more, wear the hats that you look the best in, right? Like you said, you are the only one who can provide, or you know, maybe you have other bilingual SLPs working for you, but that's a special ability that you have to be able to provide these bilingual assessments where not everybody can do that, right? So that's right. really, really important that you not only did that because you saw it as a good move for your business, but it is something that you can do. And it is something that I imagine is desperately needed in your area. Yes. And actually I am the only SLP that is bilingual with my company. So I am pretty much the only one that can do the eval. So that's another reason why I knew that I, I was going to have to do it if I took the opportunity. And of course, it is something that is highly needed. So I'm glad that I was able to meet the need for my colleague. And um, it just felt right. I'd worked with her before. I knew that it was something that I was meant to do. So, it, but you're right. It, it is at that point now where I feel like I don't have to wear all of the hats. You know, unfortunately, I get a lot of phone calls every day about clients that want to see me. Either they've worked with me before or they've found out about the services that we offer and they want to work specifically with me. And my schedule is full. So I have to tell them, you know, um, I have other speech therapists that are available that can, you know, that's, and everyone that works for me has like a specialty. So I have a SLPA that has, a, she really likes to do like feeding, pediatric feeding for like sensory issues and things like that. I have another SLPA that loves to do like voice and everyone that works for me is also highly experienced. So just having a staff where I know that if I'm not there, if I'm not the person that could provide the services, clients will be in good hands. And that helps a lot because it kind of makes me feel like I can basically clone myself through having a competent and um, confident staff. I think that's fantastic. So I also know, because um, we chatted for a couple minutes at the beginning, 
that there's something else that you've also added to your private practice. Tell us about that. Sure. So another thing that I added to my private practice was baby sign language. I added this to my practice actually way before I even had like a handful of clients. I purchased the kit, I don't know, several months ago and literally sat on the shelf collecting dust for the longest time because I couldn't figure out how to market it. And I was just like, did I waste, you know, $400 purchasing this kit? I knew it was something that would be popular if I could just market it and get the word out about it. The reason that I purchased in the first place was because I did baby sign language with my kids and they responded really well to it. And if you think about working with the little ones that we work with that are emergent language, pre-verbal, you know, learning, barely learning how to speak. The first things that we do is we teach them sign. So we have experience with sign most of the time. If you've worked with little kids, if you work with people who are nonverbal, or if you have kids of your own. So I thought it would be a great addition to my practice, but I just couldn't figure out how to market it. Well, shortly after the opportunity for the evals to do evals in the bilingual school came up, someone reached out to me from a nonprofit here in my town and said that they were looking for ways to get more community members involved with their nonprofit. And one of the things that they do is they offer free classes for people to come and take classes at the community center. And then, you know, they can learn more about being a part of this nonprofit group. They were going to market all of the marketing was going to be done by them because they wanted people to come into their nonprofit. And all we had to do was provide the service. So of course I, you know, thought, okay, I have the materials and I have the knowledge to do this. I'd studied the materials extensively while I was waiting for that part of my business to actually kick off. And so I agreed to do it. And I knew that they were going to need more than just me to do this because they wanted for the class to take place in both Spanish and English. And they had 18 people interested in taking the class. I immediately trained my staff, one of my SLPAs, and then actually my administrative assistant, she had experience with baby sign before. So we all sat down and did a training and then we executed, you know, we're able to provide the six week class for both Spanish and English families. What was nice, you know, was that I had invested $400 in the materials and, you know, I invested a little bit of my time to get to know the curriculum. It's all written out for you, but you still have to kind of know how to run the classes and a little bit of time to train um, two of my staff on how to do this. But it was such a huge payoff because the community center paid for everyone to take these classes. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to provide that service and get paid directly by them. And, you know, the best part of it is that we got to reach families in the community that normally wouldn't hear about these types of services or be able to necessarily pay for these services on their own. You know, the, the, the nonprofit really strives to help people that need help with financial assistance and things like that. So it was just nice to be able to provide that service. And literally all I did was buy the kit and learn the curriculum. So I guess my advice is really think about some of the skills that you have, not just as a speech pathologist, but if you're a mom, you know, what are some things that you've done with your kids that have helped that you think you might want to share with other people or you speak a second language? What are some things that you can do? You can use that skill set for in your business. So that's been kind of the theme is me figuring out ways that I can 
capitalize on some of the skills that I have. And so far, every idea that I've had has somehow come full circle and has allowed me to grow my business through that. I love it. And has taken off, right? And you've had so many things. People listening, this has all been in the last two months, right? Ebony and I only talked two months ago, and she had already made such progress by that point that to have skyrocketed your business in this short amount of time is truly amazing and just shows that you are meant to be in this role. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not going to say that it's always a bed of roses. Um, There's a lot of adaptation, a lot of revision, and a lot of change, but that's going to be what it's like with any business. Success isn't just going to come overnight. You do have to just be aware that there's going to be things that are going to change constantly, but it's good. You know, it's not always bad. There are lots of things that have changed for the good. (laughs) I'm hoping that six months from now, if I talk to you again, there'll be even more things that have changed and more ways in which we've expanded. If I see an opportunity, I have always been the person to be like, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity. And I know it could be, you know, just a personality type or something like that. My husband is, you know, he, he and I are actually business partners. So he does all of the finances and he actually has a degree in finance. So he knows all about the numbers and things like that. But decision-making is not something that he's the strong suit on. That's definitely me. He tries, tries to take his time and think about things. But if I see something that, you know, I can just envision for my business, that's going to help us grow. That's going to help us reach more people Then I'm going to try to figure out a way to make it work. So yeah, in just two months, so much has happened, but I think that it's possible for anyone. You just really have to figure out ways to make it happen. And for me, that was okay. I know as a mom, I did sign language with my kids and that was really helpful for them and their language development. I know other families would probably be interested in this. How can I use this skill and make money and help the community? Um, Same thing with the bilingual evaluations, same thing with teletherapy. You know, what are some ways that I can reach this school that's 150 miles from where I live with literally only a trailer and a school next to each other, how can we provide services? And teletherapy was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, I have a computer. I can watch these webinars on how to provide teletherapy. So I'm going to try to make that happen. Well, think of, there was something that you said about the sign language course, like being on the shelf or something, which, which made me think about, you know, we have all of these skills that are either literally or figuratively on the shelf that if we just put them into action, and especially if it's something that you've invested in, right? If you've done any like fancy certification programs, or you've done any extra training, or if you can get that extra training, the whole purpose of why we get into this, you know, sometimes people talk about having, you know, different kind of goals, right? And a lot of people, you know, not everyone shares them and that's okay, but have like an income goal, but there's another kind of a goal that people don't always talk about, which is an impact goal. As you've been talking, and I remember our first interview, the amount of people that you are now able to impact is so exponentially greater than it was two months ago. So as you're kind of thinking about your goals for yourself, not only think about maybe you know where you want to be in terms of income or other things, but start to think about what is your impact goal? And how might you be able to measure that? 
and starting to take on some of these school contracts and starting to do these sign language courses in the community, those are all ways to grow your impact, which is really, you know, why we're all in this. And yes, when you grow your impact, you also often grow your income, right? So these are all things for you to just kind of be thinking about and for the listeners to be thinking about is how to make a bigger difference today than you did yesterday. Yeah, and that's always been my goal is how can I impact as many people as possible? I think that having the financial goal is good, but I quickly learned that when you work for yourself, it's not like you're getting a paycheck every single month of the same amount like you would be if you were working for someone else or if you were a W-2 employee. So it's a little bit less predictable. Things can change very quickly with that. I figured out, okay, I need to figure out how I can impact as many people because that in turn will make me money. But if I can figure out a few ways that I can expand what we do and go into other communities, then at least my goal is somewhat under my control. So that's always been my goal is how many people can we impact? I love it. Again, if we touch base again in you know a couple months, which would be fun to do, you're just like this explosive, like in such a good way, like case study of somebody who's just, you know, taken off so much. So what is on the horizon for you? Like, do you plan to do more school contracts with telepractice? Are you going to do more of these parent courses? Like, what do you think you might be up to in six months? So I definitely would like to do more teletherapy. I just love how we are able to provide services to students using technology I think that technology is definitely something that is evolving and changing in our field and that it will, in five years, I could see more schools using teletherapy as a means of service delivery. So I want to kind of be on the forefront when this shift begins to happen. And so I'm looking at how we can secure more teletherapy contracts. You know, even my SLPAs, they enjoy doing teletherapy because it's convenient for them as well. So part of my goal also as a business owner is to have therapists that are happy, therapists that like what they do. Being in home health can be challenging sometimes because the therapists are out there on their own. They don't really have the collaboration. They're doing a lot of driving. Going into homes can be difficult, but if I could provide a way for them to do home health and then work from home while still providing services to students, I think that would be awesome. So I would love to have more opportunities like that available in my business. I don't know, I guess maybe beyond six months from now, I would like to start utilizing some of the things that I've learned to help others who are trying to look into doing teletherapy or look into starting different side businesses, I guess you can call it, in their practice. So I've had a couple of people actually reach out to me and ask me how I grew so quickly and how I've been able to just come up with all these different ideas. And so in my mind, like I'm a business person, so I'm like, okay, I need to figure out, all these people are asking me how I did this. So maybe there's a way that I can share this information via a webinar or something to help others with starting their businesses, coming up with different ways to make money so that they can have the information there available whenever they want it. That's kind of where I see myself in six, 12 months. I love it. I'm so proud of you. 
I just can't wait to see you back in six months. When you first came on, you had so much energy and you shared, you know, your story. And then you contacted me not that long after and said, you know, so much has happened. And then before we started recording, you shared what those things were. And I was just completely blown away. And I can't wait to see what you do in the next six months. Well, I am so excited to see where my business goes in the next six months as well. I know that we're doing a lot right now, but I'm still going to try to seek out those opportunities, especially for teletherapy. I'm actually going to be attending ASHA next month. I've already looked at some of the courses I'm going to be taking to help me in the areas of teletherapy and bilingual therapy, because I really feel like we can continue to reach even more people in those areas. So I can't wait to come back and talk to you more about that. And in the meantime, where can people find you on Instagram? Our Instagram is Casa Speech underscore OT underscore AZ. Perfect. Because I follow you on Instagram and I love seeing all of the things that you're doing. And so listeners, please follow Ebony on Instagram and you'll get an inside look into all of these things that she's doing. Thank you. And I guess before we get off, I also forgot to mention that I think last time we spoke, I was looking at adding OT to my practice. We also do offer OT. So I don't know how I forgot to mention that, but that was another huge development as well. I'm sure next time I come back, I'll have more to say about that because we just started our OT services. We have a few clients, but OT is very popular. When we have speech, then usually someone needs OT as well. So I will definitely keep you posted on that as well. Fabulous. See, more and more things just crawl out of the woodwork that, you know, and there's probably other things that you've done too that, that, you know, to some people, you know, some of these, these big things are really big things. And that might be, I don't mean to minimize it, but might be all that they do. I don't mean to minimize that though. You know what I mean? But like, you've done so many things in such a short period of time, right? That forgetting something that's kind of big like that, when you have all these other big things, I can completely see how that would happen. (laughs) I just have to start, I guess, keeping a list. So I'll be ready next time. (laughs) I won't forget anything. (laughs) I love it. Well, keep a list of your wins, right? It's like people tend to really dwell on like the one thing that didn't work about something and sometimes forget about all of the wins that they've had. And you have had so many wins. Please write those down, you know, whether it's a journal or a vision board or something and just keep track of all of the things that you have done and all of the good that you have done and will continue to do. So thank you for being a guest again, Ebony. I'll continue to follow up with you to uh, share all of the other developments that I'm sure are coming in the pipeline. Thank you, Jenna. All right. Take care. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. All I can say is, wow. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. You know, go back and listen to Ebony's original interview if you haven't heard it already. And then you'll be even more inspired in terms of how much she's been able to achieve in a very short period of time. So growing your private practice is something that everyone has to think about, you know, what does growth look like for you and what can it look like for you? And once you start to grow, you have to get the information and support and resources to be able to not only to sustain that growth, but to do it right from the very beginning. So one of the programs that I offer is called Grow Your Private Practice. And in this, I help people with established private practices start to do a couple of things. We focus on three major areas. One, increasing your income. Two, hiring a team. 
And three, streamlining your systems. So if this is something that you need help with, I'm currently offering a free training to help you learn more about how just focusing on these three things can give you the impact you need in your private practice. So if you're interested in learning more, you can head to growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training and you can watch a, it's like 42 minutes, I think it's short because people with private practices don't have a lot of time and I want to be very respectful of that time. So you can go to growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training to learn about these three pillars of private practice growth that you should be focusing on if you're really looking to grow your private practice. So again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope also that you move forward and enjoy the training of how to grow your private practice in a successful way. Again, hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be in touch. Take care. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com, click start or grow, and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.